to a quarter of three strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On a quarter of three strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to A Quarter of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Today, we are recording episode seven of season seven. And just as uh, another reminder, our season's title is Burning Yet Flourishing, part two. And today we plan to do to further discuss prayer and life in the spirit. So this is prayer and the spirit part two. Yes. Yeah. We just talked about this before going on air. Like we could probably do a whole series, a whole episode, or I'm, I'm sorry, season on yeah. Life of the Spirit. And maybe we will. Yeah. Circle back around after a while. But Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Chime in and let us know if that sounds interesting to you yeah, on social media. And kind of the thought of it was um, we originally, as we outlined our, our season, I we were going to do two episodes on prayer. And uh, as we went through yes or last week's um, prayer and life of the spirit part one, um, I thought we could we should really do this in three. Yeah. And, and so today we're going to talk about the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. and and kind of discuss what the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism talks about in uh, in prayer. And just as a kind of a brief review, prayer and life of this or um, I'm sorry, burning out flourishing. We're talking about spiritual disciplines, and that idea is that since it is the Word and the Spirit of God that is the, the active thing sanctifying God's people, conforming us to His image, and it, it, it it's in that process of sanctification that we um, have the life that God had intended. Yep. Um, we're looking at spiritual disciplines in in terms of those things that help us attend to and receive the word and the spirit. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's, um, that's kind of the idea. And, and again, I want to give my, my weekly reminder is that um, it is not our effort. It is by the spirit of God through the word of God that is sanctifying us. Yeah. The spiritual disciplines are, are habits of attending and receiving. So that's, that's the, that's the big thing. Um, the other part to it is just, uh, again, um, I was rereading um, a little booklet called uh, "A Little Book on the Christian Life" by John Calvin. It's it's gold. It is gold. It's it? so good. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a chapter out of Calvin's Institutes. Um, when John Calvin first wrote the Institutes, it was um, it was kind of a good outline, meaty outline of the mm-hmm. of Christian doctrine and. Um, and the and part that was kind of missing was this idea: how do we live in it? And and it got revised and revised throughout his life. But at one point, he added this chapter that was on the Christian life, mm-hmm. and um, and that became very popular. And people took that one chapter and published it separately. Yeah. So it's still in the institutes, but it's also published separately. Yeah, and all of you should read it. All of you should read it. Yeah, That's, I'm going to be bossy. Yeah, go to go to uh, Reformation Trust. I th- I think it's published. I think Ligonier is what, what who's you no know, republishing it. Publishing it. Yeah, but it's great. But like the very first thing that that in it, Calvin says, the goal of God's work in us is to bring our lives into harmony and agreement with His own righteousness. And so to manifest to ourselves and others our identity as his adopted children. Yeah. So th- these are these are themes that you've heard all 
um, season from Allison and I. Um, this idea of harmony and agreement with his own righteousness that is being sanctified. Correct. Because this is this is how God had m- intended us to be yes. as his own children. Because of sin, God has adopted us um, by his grace. And we, we have become his children, not on our own or not because of anything we've done, but because of what Christ has done. And, but there's this, um, there's this process of, okay, we're, we've been adopted, we've been justified, but how do we, then do we become acting like we really his, are his children? Yeah. Or as, as we've been saying it more as conformed to the image of the son. Mm-hmm. So in harmony um, and agreement with his own righteousness. So the, the ordinary means of grace we've been talking about, um, the word, it being proclaimed, read and proclaimed in the act of preaching, um, the uh, sacraments and, and prayer are the three ordinary means of grace. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, last episode, we talked about prayer and life in the spirit and kind of that introduction. We talked about how as a believer, this like prayer is... It is this continual thing that we do. Yeah. This ongoing conversation we're having with God. Yeah. And we look, and we used, um, we talked about joy and uh, gratitude and, you know, this is always, we're always rejoicing and always giving thanks for everything for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for us. So today we want to talk about uh, F, uh, on like the form of prayer. Like we want, um, well, let's just start with the Westminster Confession once again. The question eight ninety eight: What is prayer, Allison? What is prayer? Yeah, prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to His will, in the name of Christ, with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. Beautiful. So we talked mainly about that one question last week. Yes. And so let's look at. Um, the next one, uh, question 99, what rule has God given for our direction in prayer? The whole word of God is of use to direct us in prayer, but the special rule of direction is that form of prayer, which Christ taught his disciples commonly called the Lord's prayer. Excellent. So the whole word of God is used to direct us, but the, the, as Christians, right, the, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Yeah. And so Jesus did. Yeah. He said, pray like this. So we ought to. Uh, <laughs> take heed. We ought to take heed and know what that means. Like, yeah. how do we pray like Jesus wants us to pray? We know because he taught his disciples how to pray using the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, next episode, we're going to talk about prayer and life of the Spirit. And we're going we're gonna to talk about using the Psalms in prayer, especially when it comes to lamentation supplication, intercession, and even um, uh, imprecatory psalms. Mm-hmm. I just threw that in there. Allison had no idea I was going to throw that in there because when we talked about what we we're going to do, I didn't mention that. It was but just lamentation. It just, I don't, I, I don't, I don't. That's okay. <laughs> so we're going to. sounds awesome. It's going to be great. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's look at the Lord's Prayer. Question 100. Uh, what does the preface of the Lord's Prayer teach us? The preface of the Lord's Prayer, which is, Our Father which art in heaven, teaches us to draw near to God with all holy reverence and confidence, as children to a father, able and ready to help us, and that we should pray with and for others. Yeah. Yeah, we don't pray just my father, but our father. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're in your closet and praying, you know, both. Say, oh, Father, yeah. Father, but it is our Father. Um, so we should pray with others and for others. Um, I, I recall that the biggest, um, most important thing I think that hit me uh, with this, our Father, is my understanding of how our relationship with our own earthly fathers affects how we think of God. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I, my dad's an awesome guy and still alive. Awesome. I, I say that that's kind of funny because he, he turned, um, he turned 89 
uh, earlier this year. And I remember calling him and, you know, wishing him a happy birthday and, and things. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> probably got another year in me. Like, like, oh, good dad. You know, just funny. Like <laughs> he's like, ever since my mom passed away, it's like, you know, he's ready. He's ready. You know, he yeah. just wants to be with the Lord. And, but, um, but he's a great guy. But I, I remember growing up and, and thinking, um, I could never be good enough. You know, there was this, uh, just this sense of, um, you know, when, uh, after a football game, my dad would point out my offsides or, you know, <laughs> that one mistake. Good mistakes, or, yeah. Yeah. And I just, just, man, it was, which is funny because in, in our adult life, my brothers and I, we sat down and talked about it and they're like, going, what are you talking about? Hmm. Like my perception of my dad and, and how I relate was completely different from them. That's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. So it, it was just, it's just odd. So when I'm saying this, I'm not trying to indict my dad or something or say he was some insufficient father. He wasn't, he was a great dad. I yeah. mean, great example to me. Great, wonderful thing. But I do remember at times, like when I was in college, I would want to make sure that I had everything in order before I called home to talk to my dad. I want to make sure I had my homework done. I want to make sure that my room was somewhat clean. You know, there's, there's nothing he can go, well, oh, that's okay. But, you know, cause I always felt like, is it, was he trying to pry around to find that mistake you can point out to me? <laughs> like, that's how I felt. And again, my brother's like, they're like, I don't, what are you talking, what about? Are you talking about, Ron? Like, <laughs> it's so weird, but that's how I felt. And, um, and I re- realized that I was like that with God. Like, I would want to make sure, like, why would I pray? I know what he's going to say. Get your act together, Ron. Right. Like, what are you doing? He'd be putting his finger on the one thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're struggling. Every, I can never be good enough. So yeah. why, like, I got I to gotta pull myself up by my own bootstraps and get. Tidy first. Tidy first before I go to our, our father, you know, to, to, to God. Um. Also, the, this sense of um. almost like, uh, am I really in the family? Mm-hmm. Or am I just this guy trying hard to be one of his mm-hmm. kids? And and so I that that realization, like, no, um, I'm I've been adopted into his family, meaning, ready? He chose me to be in his family. Right. Like, so this I know that people will get all up in arms when we talk about reformed faith, right? Or that God's sovereignty and uh, he Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, right? People get very offended by that. But I have to tell you, when you understand God chose me and God doesn't make mistakes. Correct. It's, it's a completely different thing. I'm not trying to be his kid. I am his kid. Right. I am his son. And he picked us when we were warty and rebellious. Yes. Mm-hmm. At our worst. At our worst. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I'm proud to be a child of God and I, I want, I, do I want his approval? Yeah. Do I want him to be proud of me? You know, sort of, yeah. I want to live up to that standard. I got a big brother who's really hard to live up to. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much <laughs> perfect. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. <clears throat> Ron, why can't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> Come on, dad. Like, um, I'm trying, no, it's just kidding. It, but there's, there's, but that, that I'm not trying to earn my place at God's table or in his family. Yes. He chose me. Yep. Oh, how cool is that? And, you know, I know that, um, adopted children, it's hard, right? There, there's always these doubts. I think it's, it's, it, it can be a very big struggle, but at the same time, they might have an advantage in understanding this, mm. right? They didn't, your, your adoptive parents didn't have to choose you, but they did. Right. They did, right? And mm-hmm. it's like you're, yeah, you're stuck with them. Sorry. Yep. But man, our heavenly father chose us to be part of his family and we can go to him as children, not, not because we have our act together, but because we're his we're sons and daughters and we can, we can just say, Hey, father, I need this. I'm in need mm-hmm. or I blew it or, yep. and it's not going to change his 
love for us or our relationship with him mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being his children. Um, and that, that it's a powerful thing. And uh, I, I know that changed the way I prayed. It changed the way I looked at a desire to go before God with everything. Um, that realization, Ron. That realization. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it's very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, question 101. What do we pray for in the first petition? In the first petition, which is, hallowed be thy name, we pray that God would enable us and others to glorify him in all that whereby he maketh himself known, and that he would dispose all things to his own glory. Yeah. Yeah, that the things that we're doing, uh, not just us, but others, it would all bring glory to him. It would glorify him. Mm-hmm. And and there's a an aspect of, you're going to have to go back and listen to the first season <laughs> of, of uh, um, of uh, burnishing, burning that flourishing, because um, we we talked about what glory means, yeah, and uh, this distinctive excellence, yeah, that, um, and so by our lives, the things that we do, the things that we make, the way we order our lives and our homes and our our service to others, to our families, to you know, these things reflect the excellence of God, mm-hmm. and He is. He's glorified by that. His name is hallowed. Yeah. So, um, you know, doing the work to make your home clean for your family, to provide that food, to uh, keep a roof over their head and do these things that are showing our love and provision for our children are a reflection of God. And so God is there, thereby Hallowed. His name is hallowed by yeah. And I think sometimes we forget that. Right? Mm-hmm. We think it's some, uh, it must be much, something much bigger. Right. It's another example of the ordinary yeah. being much more important than we recognize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And this is interesting, Ron, because I um, always looked at that phrase as more of like a a statement you're making, like a, a recognition or acknowledgement. So this is actually really, I, this is helpful. It's broadening that for me. Rather than a petition. Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, I think it's probably some of both, you know, but um, rather than just making a statement yeah. about him, um, it reflecting sort of your desire for all of your life to reflect that reality of him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think, I think you might, have seen it as um, our father who art in, you know, which are in heaven. Um, your name is holy. Uh-huh. Exactly. Rather than may your name be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's very good. But that's, and that all things would be disposed to his own glory, which is a hard thing. Because um, I don't know about you in our audience or you, Allison, but I sometimes have an idea of how things should go. Yeah. And they don't always go my way. Right. And um, sometimes I can get upset when they don't go my way. I know that's shock to you all, but. It makes you unique, I think, Ron. It does. I'm unique <laughs> in this. Um, but the, the idea that God is sovereign and that I am asking that. God be glorified in everything means that I'm allowing myself to be a part of this whole thing. Yeah. Right. I'm a willing participant in God's plans for the world. Yep. Which may include my own suffering. Right. It gives a completely different way of thinking about your suffering. It gives it purpose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your best life now. No, I'm just kidding. That was a dig and a and on a particular way of looking at Christianity, which is, um, heretical. It's just evil. It, it is, um, God's plan is not that I'm going to have my best life now. God's plan is that my best life is going to come later mm-hmm. <laughs> and that my life is being used for my good, which doesn't mean it's going to be great. Right. 
right? For my good and for his glory. Yeah. So in when you become a Christian, you're basically saying, I'm a willing participant in the plans of God. And offering your life as a sacrifice. And offering my life as a sacrifice. For his glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in an episode, right? So. With, yeah. the, with Sarah, the girl that died in my youth. And I was angry at God. And then he goes, so. So she, she can't offer her life. You know, if it was you, it'd be this noble thing. But for you, for her, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, this is part of it. Um, Okay. 102. What do we pray for in the second petition? In the second petition, which is thy kingdom come, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed and that the kingdom of grace may be advanced, ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. Yes. All those are great, aren't they? Yeah. The idea of Satan's kingdom being destroyed, the kingdom of grace being advanced, uh, just... It's just, I, I, it's great. And, and that the kingdom of glory be hastened. Mm-hmm. Um, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come soon. Um, we, um, we would, this is something we probably ought to pray more yeah. specifically on a regular basis, especially I think in, in our services of worship. Um, because sometimes we, it is very easy for us I think to get bogged down, not bogged down, that sounds horrible, but focus so much on ourselves. A little distracted by ourselves, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than seeing the big picture. Right. Like what's, what are God's promises? What What is God doing in the world? Mm-hmm. And, and how do we, how do we, again, submit to what God's doing and, and to pray for it, mm-hmm. that his, that the kingdom of Satan would fall. Mm-hmm. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, it's October something. I don't know. 25. 25. 25? Yeah. Something 25. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even though you're not going to hear this for a little bit, but, um, but you see the, the world is like um, mad. Like it's, there's a lot of really hard things, happen. hard things happening. And, and so in, in there's one way in which we look at it and go, this is horrible it, in, in a way, because we know that our forefathers have, um, and, and even, even us have participated in trying to build this, a really good country and nation. And, and, and it just seems like for the last 50 years, it's just been going to pot mm-hmm. and it, and it's just been accentuated in the last five or 10. Yeah. Like we're just, this is crazy. Yeah. This grand acceleration of it's all falling implosion. apart. Yeah. Now we can look at it one way and warn that the city of man is falling apart mm-hmm. or we can go, this is the, this is Satan's kingdom imploding. Mm. Right. And, and we should haste, we should ask that God would hasten the destruction of Satan's kingdom. Yeah. Because there's, what are you, it's, it's going to fall. That is the end that will. It is happen. the fall. It's going to, it's going to be on the ash heap of history at some point. Yep. But, um, but also pray, um, that the kingdom of grace might advance. Yeah. Like this is, this is the time I think in the, like right now is where the church should be um, pressing forward, like evangelizing, building institutions, starting things, doing yeah, right. Well, the where the world is falling apart, the world is falling apart. Yep. Let's be let's be building new things. Yeah, and um and repairing the foundations of what God has set in His Word as as the things like mm-hmm. family, church. Right? These yep. these things are um the important things, and if we can do that. Um, we, we will see that that kingdom of of grace grow mm-hmm. and, and flourish. I think I think it's flourish. Like this is, it's an exciting time to be alive. It is. It really is. Yeah. And we can be a part of this this tremendous change in our world by seeing the kingdom of Satan fall. Yeah. As the church uh, advances the kingdom of grace, and um and that more and more will be brought into it. Yeah. Now, 
uh, whether the kingdom of glory is going to come, you know, any moment or not, I don't know. I don't know. Personally, I think we still got a long way to go. But we should be acting as if it could be today. Yes. That's what Jesus taught. Yes. As long as what we say by that is not us cloistering and... and it could be today. Yeah. So Which, get get busy. Get busy. Yeah. Like when Martin Luther was asked, what if the Lord were to come today? He said, I'd plant the tree. In my, right? He's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's the idea where... You know, the prophet Jeremiah, when he's prophesying the doom of, of the Babylonians coming and, and uh, you know, taking over and, you know, all this stuff. But there, there'll be this future time. So what he does is he buys a plot of land and starts planting. Mm-hmm. In, in order to say, I'm preparing for this yeah. later time. Yep. That's what we mean. But I think most of the church, when they start thinking that the end is coming or something, they, they want to just gather together and not do anything. Yep. Don't do that. Do the opposite. Yeah. Question 103. What do we pray for in the third petition? In the third petition, which is, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, we pray that God, by his grace, would make us able and willing to know, obey, and submit to his will in all things as the angels do in heaven. Yes. Yeah, that's a tough one, huh? Yeah, it's a big order, but it's yeah. it's not possible without prayer and submission to the Spirit. Right. Yeah. But he's asking us, that's what we should, that Jesus is teaching us, this is what we pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there's this, this aspect of, as, as we hear God's word um, proclaimed, preached, read, we read it. You know, we see the, the promises, we see what God is doing. We, we understand that our lives in being conformed to his word and to Jesus's righteousness, uh, as, as John Calvin wrote in, his, his, in that uh, chapter, um, there's an outcome that happens, um, and that is the kingdom of God grows, mm-hmm. continues to grow, right? So... Um, it, it is this um, misnomer that I see all the time where Christians think when Paul says you're a citizen of, of heaven, they, they, they think of, okay, I'm, I am merely passing through this world and my citizenship is heaven. I'm going to go to heaven. Yep. But, but that's not, that's not how someone from Philippi would have thought of that. Mm-hmm. So Philippi was a, a Roman colony it was a Greek city that, uh, or Macedonian, and um, because of their help in the in the um, in the siding with Octavian, which became Caesar Augustus, um, over Brutus and Cassius after Julius Caesar was killed, um, Augustus Caesar, when he became emperor, gave Philippi as a reward, um, made them a Roman colony, which meant uh, it became a place that. Roman soldiers could retire. Um, people in Philippi were granted Roman citizenship, which meant that the activities of Philippi was not to like somehow move to Rome. Mm-hmm. Like they understood their citizenship was in Rome, but they lived in Philippi. And the idea was we're going to make Philippi like Rome. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Jesus is saying his kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Same idea. We are citizens of heaven, so we're working to act or live as if heaven is on earth. We're making heaven on earth. Yeah. Partnering with y- y- right. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and there's limits. I mean, it's not, we know it's not going to come to complete fruition until our Lord returns. We know that. Yeah. But that's what we're trying to do is it's a return to Eden in a sense. Um, it's it's the the kingdom of God. So there's, there's this... There's this societal outcome of the gospel flourishing. Yeah. And we're taught to pray for it. Yeah. Right. Jesus didn't say, pray to be ready for when yeah. this happens. It's yes. like it's happening right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing. And what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a revolutionary prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it should direct our thoughts and our, our, remember, we're talking about this in terms of sanctification and the preparation and 
uh, or or to attend and receive his word. Mm-hmm. And part of that is is an understanding of his word and of of also our um our obeying it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if 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 prayer is this ordinary means of grace and it is one of the disciplines that's going to help us to receive his word, these prayers are giving us uh, a a greater understanding and readiness for what God is doing in the world. Uh-huh. So when I'm receiving the word of God, I'm thinking in the whole context. Why? Because I've been praying. Right. I've been praying the Lord's prayer. Yep. I'm praying about God's kingdom coming, about the, this kingdom of grace growing and Satan's kingdom. Right. So yeah. then it's, then it's taking our individual life outside of its own little microcosm microcosm and putting it into the big plans of God. Right. Like how does my life fit into all of this? Yep. Well, it has to do with kingdom things. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so it's, it's very important that we, we, we do this, that we pray and pray as he taught us and understand what he's taught us. Yeah. Okay. Allison, question 104, what do we pray for in the fourth petition? In the fourth petition, which is, give us this day our daily bread, we pray that of God's free gift, we may receive a competent portion of the good things of this life and enjoy his blessing with them. All right, now we get to the ones we're going to be more comfortable praying. Yeah, the things we maybe pray more regularly. Like literally the first three are very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. except for maybe our father. Although mm-hmm. we'd probably be more comfortable just calling him my father, our father's mm-hmm. tough. Our father's tough because it means that the other, the Christians that we don't necessarily like or get along with, we're acknowledging that they're also our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we have to act differently towards them. Yeah. Have unity with them. And so, yeah. 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 So all of those petitions are hard. Yeah. This one starts to get easy. Oh, I get to pray about me. Yeah. Like, my, hey, my personal yay, needs. Yay. My personal needs. <laughs> yeah. Meet my felt needs, God, or I'll go elsewhere. That sounds horrible. Unfortunately, that's how the evangelical church has been taught for the last 40 years, mm-hmm. 30 years. Um, we pray that God's free gift, we may receive a competent portion of the good things of this life. That sounds good. Mm. Like this is, and it's according to God, not us. And it, the language there is the antithesis of the prosperity gospel. It is. Right? Like, give me what I need. Don't just, n- don't pray that we're just the wealthiest one around. Yeah. You know? But a competent portion of the good things of this life. That's kind of cool. It is cool. It, it also is not saying that we're aesthetic. Re- or, uh, aesthetic. How do I pronounce that? It's too early in the morning again. I know. Once again. Uh the asceticism, right? Yes. We're, we're, that's, that somehow what we're doing is praying that God could help us live without good things. Yeah, reject the physical. Yes. It's not. These things are good things. Yeah. Right? So in this again, right, I, I, again, from previous episode, talking about my Wesleyan holiness background, and it, if the goal was to become n- not to sin, was the goal, mm-hmm. right? Not to be conformed to the image of our son, but just to not sin. It it made good things that God has made into things of sin, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, yeah. you know, so alcohol, like that's bad or mm-hmm. that's evil, even though the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says it's a good thing. Yep. The good, um, you're allowed in the, for instance, in the Torah, if you're going to go if you can't make it to the feast um, in Jerusalem, you're allowed to have a feast in your thing and you're allowed to use your money, lots of it, to buy good food, but also wine and strong drink mm-hmm. and dr- eat and drink before the Lord. Strong drink doesn't mean like extra sugar in the Kool-Aid. Concentrated juice. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's more, it's alcoholic. Wine, wine people all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or Jesus made the water into wine after all the wine had been drank drank and the and the reference to most people give the good stuff first and then 
submit the bad later is because you're you've drank enough that your taste buds you're less discerning you're less discerning yes. and you're kind of happy anyway and, yes and then jesus made more wine and the best yeah psalm 104 you know praise the lord for you know free made wine to make the heart of man glad <laughs> in other words he didn't say you know praise god you know who made wine that tastes really good he see he says praise god because it makes the heart of man glad <laughs> the effect of it yep it's a good thing What's bad is our sinful nature who can then get drunk, yeah. which we're forbidden to. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's the abuse of a good gift. So um, it, there's all sorts of things. And, it, and this was an eye-opening thing that, that God would give us a competent portion of the good things of this life. He's not trying to withhold good things from us. He's giving us good things. Right. And we're supposed to enjoy them. And we enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, but if your focus is on just getting good things, then you're you're off. Like that's Yep. All right. And enjoy his blessing with them. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Um enjoy his blessings. And I, I just think that's that's a wonderful thing. Um Yeah. One oh five. What do we pray for in the fifth petition? In the fifth petition, which is, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, we pray that God, for Christ's sake, would freely pardon all of our sins, which we are the rather encouraged to ask, because by his grace, we are enabled from the heart to forgive others. Back to the uncomfortable petitions. So there's just one comfortable petition. Yeah. Give us good stuff. <laughs> yes. And and now it's like, you know... and. And it's in the middle. It's like he's kind. He's giving us a little break. Yeah. Then returns us back to that. Now, if this just said, and forgive us our sins and then moved on, right? Or forgive us our debts and moved on. That would be great. But listen how it says. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Mm -hmm. In the midst, we're saying this to God. In the measure that we forgive others, we'd like you to forgive us. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah. In the measure that we forgive others, we'd like you to forgive us. That's hard. It is. We pray that God, for Christ's sake, would freely pardon our sins. Just, man, stop there and it just sounds great. Um, but when it talks about, uh, rather, Chris, to ask, because by his grace, we are enabled from the heart to forgive others. And I think this is a big deal. How do you know that you're forgiven? Because, yeah, because you have have the ability to forgive other people. Yeah. So let me let me just talk from a, a, an experience of pastoral ministry. Um, you know, I I did pastor and for many years, and I've been an elder for many years. And in talking to people, there is this um, sense that if you are truly remorseful for your sin and really are convicted of your sin and the, the, the horribleness of it and are convinced that God has freely forgiven you. Um, you, you have great capacity to forgive others. Mm -hmm. When you don't have much capacity to forgive others, it's probably because you don't think your sin's that bad. Right. It, it's probably because you don't even understand the need for Jesus to die for your sin. Because yep. it's not that bad. Yep. There is a direct correlation. Yep. Jesus is making that. You know, but what you did to me, that was bad. Yep. And I can't, right? No. God, what you've done deserves hell and his wrath. And it's only by his mercy that you've, you don't deserve it at all. And mm -hmm. he's forgiven you because of his son, Jesus. Yep. And so you need to forgive others. That's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Um, it's it's particularly hard when those sins are like not petty, but like really betrayal, yeah, real hurt. I mean, they just though those things are are difficult. Yeah, you know the incident that recently happened in Israel. Yes, and um, I you know you in some ways you feel like how do you even where do you start praying for something like that, you yeah. know? And um, the Lord brought to mind the passage of 
um, when Jesus is talking about that anger is the equivalent of murder, murdering your brother. And just the realization that, but by the grace of God, all of us could have been a Hamas soldier, right? Um, Which is kind of what you're getting at, like recognizing the depravity and wickedness of your own heart. Yeah. And but by the grace of God, we have been forgiven, which then makes it so much easier to forgive the trespasses of your your fellow brothers and sisters. It's um. So I I think this is a universal, but I'm not positive on this. So I'm just saying, take this with a grain of salt. Um, so this isn't me talking with authority. This is me in an opinion. I I I think. It is easier for me to forgive the sins of people I don't know well mm-hmm. who have harmed me. Yep. The the more intimate the the um, person, the more personal it is. The the more the betrayal aspect of it, the harder it is. Like yep. I get angry. Like it's an impersonal sin by some strange someone walked into my off of the street and robbed me or killed my child or something. And that sounds horrible. I, I know I'm just saying it isn't. So I, I think it would be easier for me to forgive them than if it was someone I knew personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What, what helps in the process of forgiveness? Cause I've gone through episodes of, of betrayal that, that have been bad. What helps is to reread the Gospels and see that Jesus has undergone the same thing. Yeah. The personal betrayals, mm-hmm. um, the injustices from people he knows who've lied about him, who have executed him. And I look at that and, and realize that he went through all that for me. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can forgive, right? Yeah. Um, or... I can ask for God's grace that I may forget. To help, yeah. And that's the that's the part. I, I once, uh, in counseling with someone where they were just could not forgive, and uh, to get them from the point of wishing for the just all sorts of harm for the person that sinned against them to the point that they said, I, I now wish that I could want mm. to forgive. Yeah, that's right? like where you start. I, I wish that yeah. I could want to forgive. I said, okay, good. Let's pray about that. Mm-hmm. Let's ask that God would give you the desire to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And 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 we did. And eventually then that became to, I do have the desire, but I can't. Okay. Let's ask that God would give you the grace. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just took a long time, right? Yep. God's, um, I, I'm not trying to give an excuse to like delay your forgiveness. What I'm saying is sometimes these things are hard and we're weak and we're weak and God has, God is merciful and he's got grace and he wants you to be able to forgive. Just ask him, Mm -hmm. ask him to to help. Right. And that's really the only way you can. You don't, we we don't have the ability in and of ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it takes a lot of time before we develop the habit of forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's also the other, yeah, this is, maybe I'm going into too deep of things. There's also the people who, um, they will try not to be invested emotionally or anything into anything because they don't, they want to quote, forgive when they really haven't. Yeah. They just pretend that they didn't care. Yeah. And that's wrong too. Yeah. Because it comes out. It will. Yeah. It always does. Yeah. Like, like be, it's okay to be hurt mm-hmm. and, if, and, and hurt deeply from the sin of this world because that's what it does. Yeah. And, and sometimes the only way that you can truly forgive is to understand the depths of the hurt that has been caused. Yeah. And then freely give that up rather than pretending it was no big deal when it really is and it's affecting you day to day. Yeah. You really haven't forgiven them because you haven't admitted it. Right. That it even was something you needed yeah. to forgive. Well, yeah. In a weird way. No, but I think that that's, yeah, it's important. It, it is important. And, um, 
And I, I just have a hard time with, with how to, how to deal with that, with people who are unwilling to admit their, their hurt or think about it too much, or I don't know how to explain it, but it, 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 it is, um, and, and, and sometimes it's just none of my business or your business about my hurt. So just don't ask, but, yeah. <laughs> but when you're in pastoral situations or you're working with someone and you know, like, Hey, this person just did this to you and you're like acting like it wasn't anything. Yeah. It really isn't. Yep. It seems like it's just a coping mechanism. Yeah. Apathy is not forgiveness. Right. And it also doesn't make the brokenness and pain go away. No, it does not. Mm-hmm. It means that the numbness that you're feeling is just part of the sin and brokenness in your own life. Yeah. Okay. We got deep there, Allison. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more to say. There is. A we lot should more probably to keep say. going. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do we pray? Question 106. What do we pray for in the sixth petition? In the sixth petition, which is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray that God would either keep us from being tempted to sin or support and deliver us when we are tempted. Yes. And this is good. I So, yeah, it's a weird thing. God, God is not the tempter, mm-hmm. right? And it is not God's fault that we sinned. But God does test us, right? Yep. Satan tempts us that we might fail. God tests us that we might succeed. Mm-hmm. So to, to ask God to deliver us from temptation is this idea, uh, or lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, is just this acknowledgement and asking that God would keep us from the one, the temptation to sin for, mm-hmm. that would lead us to fail, but to help us succeed in our tests that would help us to have victory. Yep. And, um, yeah, and that's a, it's a hard, hard thing. And, and again, um, I, if you've ever struggled with sin and feel like this is, um, it, this is a difficult, difficult thing. I would, um, I would just ask that you, um, reach out to uh, your pastor and ask for help. Mm. There's, I mean, I, I don't know if I feel like I can help you really in a podcast, but there, there are things that, um, that most people in their life has had to struggle with particular sins that just tend to keep recurring mm. and to try to do it on your own usually isn't fruitful. Yep. So to bring other people into it to help with that is, um, is, is needed. Yeah. So I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about temptation in another season. And the church is the safest place to go with your sin. Yes. It ought to be. Not to be. Yep. Yeah. And if it's not, then go to, go to, get to your Presbyterian church, right? <laughs> just kidding. Find it. Find that sounds horrible. Church. Yeah. I know. I know. I have a friend who had a struggle. I asked him to go talk to his pastor. <laughs> and um, it was a particular type of Baptist church. And, uh, they acted like it was this, um, you know, this monster in their state, in their place. And well, you can't do anything around children anymore and you can't do this. And, you know, they just, it was just this complete, uh, overreaction, overreaction to the guy just coming and confessing, uh, sin and, and struggle help. and asking for help. It was just, it was, it was un, unbelievable. But, um, uh, yeah, not, not all churches are like that. Right. Yeah. right. Ours isn't. Ours yeah. If you're local, <laughs> and if you you're local, come to Jake as well. Jake if you're local yeah. We're all sinners. Okay. Um, what do we pray, pray for in the, um, or I'm sorry, what does the conclusion of the Lord's prayer teach us? The conclusion of the Lord's prayer, which is for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Teaches us 
to take our encouragement and prayer from God only, and in our prayers to praise Him, ascribing kingdom, power, and glory to Him, and in testimony of our desire and assurance to be heard, we say amen. Amen. Yeah. Encouragement and prayer from God only, and in our prayers praise Him, ascribing kingdom, power, and glory. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, um, I, I grew up in a church that prayed this often and, um, I loved it because it continued to put in mind the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then since then I, I haven't been to many churches that pray the Lord's prayer. They'll pray it as a pattern, right? Yep. So here's, here's the, um, this might be news to you all, but Jesus taught us to pray this prayer. Yep. For both a prayer that we should use, and also as a pattern. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a um, it's it's not uh, wrong, or to to pray the Lord's prayer. Yep. Especially since everyone can learn it. And to recite it together is just a great thing. Yep. Um, to keep us us focused on uh, what what Jesus taught us to pray and and these hard petitions. Yeah. And also to keep us focused on uh, Christ and His kingdom. Yep. So um, again, this is a this this type of prayer then is um, is helping us this habit of, of then um, availing ourself, ourselves to the spirit of God, the word of God, that it might sanctify us, yeah. might, might change us. So we're going to talk about prayer one more episode, episode um, lamentation, supplication, and intercession. And I, I'm throwing it in the imprecatory prayers. Yeah. So uh, as that was news to Allison, so. All right. Uh, We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening.